Hey guys, it's Kristen here. Uh, I am back in the United States, which is amazing. It's great to be here. Um, this is episode 80. This is the second half of our wrap up. The first half we released last week. If you missed that, go check it out. Um, but we're finishing up the wrap of Leia Princess of Alderaan by Claudia Gray. Um, we left off last week talking about uh, Bale and Brea's marriage pretty much. And this picks up kind of right where uh, Han and Leia's marriage begins. So that is funny and good. Um, and Miranda, Kate, and Chris did some great work on here. Um, I should be back theoretically next week. <laughs> Me, Kate, and Chris should be back to our regular schedule. Um, and we will be reading Empire's End by Chuck Wendig. Um, that's the third book in the Aftermath series. Um, don't ask me when we covered them. It was some time ago, the other two. Anyway, uh, we are reading Empire's End by Chuck Wendig uh, through chapter 10. So that'll be next week, which I think Chris talks about in the outro as well. But I wanted to put it at the top for you guys, too. So tune in next week to check that out. Um, so here's the pod. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Speaking of, you know, putting like putting work into your marriage and trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of putting work into your relationship, let's talk about Han. <laughs> uh, this dumb fuck up. <laughs> uh. What a precious dumb fuck up. All right. So um, obviously we've been talking about uh, the kind of relationship that Bale and Brian have. And of, of course, like this is a relationship that. They're, they're modeling how, what healthy relationships look like for Leia. And we ha also have now plenty of material in the Canaan thanks to various books about Leia's relationship with Han and how that evolves. And if you want to hear more about that, we talk about that a lot um, when we discuss Last Shot and when we discuss Bloodline. Uh, and Life Debt, I think, too. Mm -hmm, life Debt. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but... <laughs> I, you know, we we know because there is so little material in the canon about them, for, uh, scant scant details about um, Bale and Brea's early relationship and their early marriage and you know what whatever the hell they, you know, stress they might have gone through in terms of like talking about how they were gonna have kids and all the other stuff because of course that's you know those are big life considerations, but. They, they have a really stable relationship, it seems like, where they accept each other and they accept, like, what each other, what the other person is passionate about and, you know, what's important to them and all this other shit. And Leia and Han kind of have to feel their way, I feel like, to that point. Like, we have talked about how they spend a lot of time in their early marriage and even after Ben is born trying to figure out how to make their marriage work. What is this gonna look like? Um, because they kind of have a whirlwind romance, honestly. Like, they... Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's like a, it's like maybe like, I don't know how long it is between the end of Empire and then 
you know, the fucking, fucking bear party at Endor, but it's not a whole bunch of time. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, they're probably together less than a year from I love you to getting married, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, not that that's a, a clear, that's not a wrong choice, but you know, it's, it's kind of wild. No, offered without judgment. That's yeah, just yeah, a fact. yeah, totally. I mean, obviously they make it work. Other people have made world of romances work for the long term. There's a, uh, there's a lesbian joke there, but. I'm just going to leave it at that statement. <laughs> slowly back away. Miranda moonwalks away from the microphone. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Chris, talk because I'm laughing too hard. Um, yeah, I can talk. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, first just, you know, fuck Tarkin and the Empire for robbing us of awkward family dinners oh, in which Brea sneaks Han a bottle of Corellian whiskey and they go like drink it in the library while like oh Bale and Leia are talking politics. Listen, right. And then like, I would give so much for that just to like witness that. So fuck oh you. God. I know. I, I, I need to like write an AU fanfic where that happens because like Bale beats Han and he immediately, his eye is about to just like, it's twitching so hard. It's going <laughs> to fall out of his face. <laughs> like, and Freya just can't stop laughing. I know, oh, right? she's like delighted. Freya would be so into that shit. She would be delighted. She would love Han. She would be flirting with Han. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> she like, would. It would be fantastic. It would be wonderful. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, I would I would I would give up like I would almost give up the rest of Star Wars just for that. <laughs> Damn. Oh, Alright. Okay. Be so good. <laughs> yeah, Miranda's um, like, okay, sure. Um But I do think, you know, it's funny because, you know, we're talking about what did Leia learn from her parents that went into her relationship with Han, where they're such, at a glance, different relationships, but they're not, I'd feel like, because, you know, kind of, as you were saying about Bale and Brea's marriage and how it's a partnership, like, at the end of the day, with a partnership, you find a way to make it work. Like, if you're Bale and Brea and you are, you know have the weight of a planet on you and you can't have kids and you have really high stress jobs and you need to rebel against the fucking government. And like Bale's always traveling for work. Yeah. Right? And Bale's mm-hmm. and, and never at home at the same time and always panicked that you could die at any moment. Yep. You find a way to make it work. And like, even though it's different circumstances. And you're hiding a fugitive. Well, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. lot. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like that's what Leon Han do. Like obviously different circumstances. It's, more peacetime they have they're fi- kind of figuring out how to have a kid as opposed to bale and brea had been wanting one forever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but i mean honestly like we're not parents none of us are parents but the uh, from what i've been told by friends who are parents is that no matter how prepared you think you are no matter how many years you've been like sitting on that idea and preparing and stuff like you're never ready for parenthood yeah like it doesn't matter yeah and yeah. i feel like even once you are a parent and you've been doing it for years and years like you still have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Fuck yeah. There, there's yeah. no... Absolutely. There's no, like, guidebook about it. No. People can try, but it's always going to be like, what the fuck is this? And I totally. think that, you know, that's that's something that Leia and Han experience in real time. And, you know, like Chris was saying, um, in a lot of ways, they're really similar to Bale and Brea. They, they're not spending time together as much as, you know, they may like to. And even later in their marriage and bloodline, Han's away all the fucking time. And, you know, I think when 
The Force Awakens came out. Everybody was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, they haven't seen each other in forever. And maybe by that point, it is a little different. But, you know, in Last Shot, in um, Life Dot, is that the one? Yes. Yes. You know, they may not be spending a lot of time living together or being on the same planet at the same time, but they're they're still working to make their marriage successful. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's hard. Uh, like, I've seen my parents do that. They, they haven't always lived in the same place, but, like, they, they work at it. And they seem, Leia and Han, just, like, seem secure to me in the relationship in that way. Because yeah. they're not letting it, you know, take away from what they have. Totally. I would totally, totally agree with that. No matter how much they fought. She always hated watching him leave. Oh Honestly, I think that is that's easily my favorite scene in The Force Awakens. I'm gonna throw you out the window. Uh, Leia and Han before he to goes to Starkiller. I easily. You, I just want you to know, I would love to throw you off the balcony into the goddamn sleet we are experiencing at this moment. Please don't do that. Did it start sleeting again? I don't know. Yeah, is it still snowing there? Maybe. It, it had stopped earlier. It may have started again. I don't know. No one knows. Weather is fake. Um, but yeah, I think a key thing to remember here, and also in life, is that your successful relationship does not look like anybody else's successful relationship. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, if you want to shuffle over into comparing Leia's relationship with Han with her relationship with Kier, um, I'm going to preface this by saying that Claudia Gray has said in interviews that she specifically wrote Kier to be the anti-Han. Yeah. yeah. So, which, that tracks. Yeah, so we can discuss what that means. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of genius, right? Because, like, Leia was so in love with him. And then, obviously, she would reject Han out of hand <laughs> at, at first, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, she, she was with... They were together, right? Like, they that was a thing? Or was it, like, a... Teenage romance, I don't know, yeah. I feel like it was just like like one of those weird, like, you know, Facebook relationship says it's complicated because teenagers (laughs) are dramatic. In any case, like, they were clearly very drawn to each other. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you look at Kier, like, he is principled to a fault. And... For sure. You know, they're... I think he and Leia are so similar in a lot of ways. They have the sense of duty. You know, they feel a calling to... um, you know, do good for their planet. And then she goes out and she meets fucking Han on (laughs) whatever the fuck that Star Destroyer they met on. And he's like, I'm in this for the money. And like tries to fuck off. (laughs) Despite the fact that like, obviously, you know, we know and Leia knew that they were doing something for good. But Han was like, no, I'm going to get the money and I'm going to leave. Because mm-hmm. I don't actually give a shit about any of this. Spoiler, he he did. But, like, he... <laughs> in that way that he was, like, openly saying things like that, he was, you know, like you guys said, like, the anti-Kier. Mm-hmm. He is so different in every other way. He's a scoundrel. Totally. Totally. And, you know, we didn't necessarily... Ha- I don't think we had... We- Timeline. What does time do? I don't know anymore after 2016. But 
we we <laughs> which is all to say we now have the context of solo as well uh to to build on han's character and also you know how it built towards his relationship with leia and we see that in terms of that of Han and Kira being opposites, you know, we have in Solo, Kira being like, you're you're the good guy. And he's just like, no, I'm not. And she's like, yeah, you are, though, which we all know because he's a dummy. Um, and, you know, he's Han is basically a sheep in wolf's clothing, right? Like he is <laughs> he 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 acts like he's a huge like he's this like smuggler who doesn't care about anything and like. Which we know off the bat is a fucking lie because he loves Chewie to death and you can tell that immediately. Um, whereas Kira, you know, he's he's cloaked in this uh, veneer of respectability and, you know, at the end of the day, he like, Leia doesn't know until the very, very end, like, literally with this kid's dying breath, that he's been, like, two-timing her this entire fucking time. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, which is which is fucking horrifying. I think I think too another really important difference between these two dudes is that, um, you know, Kier Kier's always trying to convince Leia, um, of his side, right? He's always trying to convince her that Alderaan should come first, like fuck the rebellion, like we don't need this this trouble or whatever the hell. Whereas Han, like, he accepts Leia as she is all the time, like. He he knows who she is. He know like he knows what is important to her. He knows that sometimes that takes her into dangerous situations or away from home. And he's down with it, you know. Like when he and when he is leading the group on Endor, and Leia fucks off on a speeder, and Luke comes back, and he's like, "Wait, where the hell is Leia?" Like all Han says is, "I hope she's all right," because he knows she can. He she can like she knows how to handle herself if she's still alive. And he knows she's still alive because she's Leia. Yeah. I to I think you're exactly right. And to build on that, to me, Kier and Leia's relationship is built on kind of like a mutual respect and understanding. Whereas Han and Leia's relationship is just built on matching wits. <laughs> like it's just built on them being like equal and opposites. Mm-hmm. And whereas like, and, and you know, it's but- not, it's not perfect because obviously Kier and Leia are a lot younger you know, they're Obviously. raised high class. That's just kind of how you date when you're young. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, so it's partial, partially circumstanced. But like, I do feel like the fact that Han and Leia straight up didn't have that mutual respect when they fell in love with each other, <laughs> like, gives them a different baseline than she and Kier ever had. But also, you know, we were just talking about how Bale and Brea, their marriage is built on the fact that they have the same values in mind. Like, Han buries his way deep down and it's compressed into a pinhead. But they do have the same values. They do. You know, at the end of the day, like, they are loyal to a fault to the people that they love. And, um, you know, they will... like literally are willing to sacrifice their lives for them like i mean we see in empire strikes back like right at the end where han's about to be encased in carbonite and chewie's about to just like get dead fruitlessly fighting the stormtroopers he's like no 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 you need to protect the princess and like all three of them chewie and han and leia know that's bullshit 
You know, like, we know Leia can take care of herself, but he's just like, do this for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm doing this so that you two can be safe. Mm-hmm. Also, see Han pretending like he doesn't have feelings about anything. <laughs> this fucking dumbass. <laughs> He's nice men. But he is nice men. He just is fucking Han about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and speaking of Leia and Han, again we get snippets of them being parents uh, throughout. A little, like, not really a whole lot in The Force Awakens, but definitely in the books. And I know we're going to get more on Empire's End, uh, because that's the point. Of, like, we are no Liz pregnant. She's going to... Not really a spoiler, but she's like, she's going to poop out this baby in the next book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys, they have a kid. Oh my god, are you serious? Wait, I have no idea. His I'm name's putting Kyle. Kyle. Wait, wh- Leia has a, a kid? What? What? Big if true. Honestly, like off topic, but my favorite one of my favorite Tumblr posts before I quit Tumblr was remember how uh, Han and Leia had really hot sex and they produced this fuck weird looking motherfucker and I was like <laughs> I hate Tumblr so bad. And then I quit Tumblr. <laughs> anyway, uh so tying like a lot of our conversation this episode together, um we we see a lot about how Brea and Bale balance parenting and politics and obviously running a whole fucking rebellion, like, secretly behind the scenes. Um, you know, they, to, obviously they're, they're trying to be present for their kid and they're doing, they're doing rebellion <laughs> for their kid. But we see, obviously, that, you know, Leia feels a little bit abandoned. She doesn't understand why for the longest time, for obvious reasons. Um, but we also, uh, from last shot, see a little bit how Leia herself balances, like, her career and being a mom and how Han does that as well. And we get hints of it, too, I feel like, in The Force Awakens and in The Last Jedi when they're talking about shipping, um, Ben off to train with Luke. So, just kind of, like, wanting to talk about that a little bit, like, how that balance happens and, because... Yeah, like, I feel like all that is super applicable to real life. Like, I don't know. Most kids have two working parents, and a lot of time they do nine to five jobs, and that's hard enough for the kid. Forget, you know, running a rebellion or being a politician or running the resistance or, you know, being a hotshot racing motherfucker. Yeah, the thing that I really wish we had more of is. Uh, how Leia and Han are as parents to an older Ben Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think in Bloodline there's a couple of instances where Leia kind of mentions something about, like, oh, I wonder how he's doing with Luke. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the bulk of Princess of Alderaan is Leia being 16. She's, you know, not quite an adult, but for all intents and purposes, like, She's somebody who very much has agency and is starting to come into her own as a person. And we see uh, Bale and Brea kind of deal with that and, you know, in different ways. And I mean, I think Brea in this book is a little better about, like, accepting her into some of the 
extracurricular activities they're doing and like being yes. more supportive of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I don't know where I'm going with this. It, <laughs> they, I think well, they more they... like, it, it's different to parent a teenager than it is to parent a toddler. Right. Yeah. And also we, we don't know at what age Ben got shipped off. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, I, I feel no, I don't feel like anything because we just don't fucking know. Yeah, we just don't know yet. And we I don't... want to. I, yes. I, I I want so badly to be able to answer this question, but I don't know that I can. I think it's coming. It's like eventually. Oh, I don't know when the to. fuck yeah. it's coming, but it's coming eventually. Like we don't know when he got shipped off. We don't know how much of his life he spent with Leia and Han, you know, directly raising him versus him and Luke. Like we we just it's a big open question. Um but I think what we can say, um, you know, based on what Leia as the narrator tells us in this book is that her parents have tried their best, you know, to be physically there for her, even though they, obviously they have, Brea has royal duties, Bale's traveling all the time, and we know that that's kind of a thing it's it's a question what's hinted at you know with Leia and Han raising Ben where we know that Han's away a lot of the time Leia's a very dedicated a career politician and you know she's taking in last shot she's taking phone calls with uh Mon Mothma about serious ass shit while you know she's trying to get Ben to stop fucking crying like I think I don't want I don't know that Bale and Brea separated their work from their family life more than Leia did with Ben, but I get the sense that they did. Like, I feel like Leia's more multitasking. I mean, whether it's justified or not, whether it's, you know, true or, or whether it's fair or whether it's just the influence of the dark side... I think it's fair to say that Ben feels less loved than Leia did. Yes. Yeah. Um, again, that's Which that, way? That, that is a statement that says nothing as to the job that Leia and Han did. That's just oh, yeah. how he feels. Right. Which is, I mean, which again, we've talked about this in the past, but it makes him a perfect like uh, metaphor for a bunch of like dumb young white men who are Nazis now. Right. Yeah. We'll need to come back to this question whenever this, these stories come out. Yeah. Literally, I mean, the only thing we know about Ben is that Han was Han about it when Luke took him to train him. Yes. That's literally the only thing we know. Right. Which, like, we know what that means, right? Yeah. Like, he was... What is this force bullshit? What? I don't know why he needs to go to this fancy school. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, Leia was like, we need to do this. It'll be good for him. It'll be fine. And Han's like, you are sending my kid to boarding school to do woo-woo shit, and I'm not down with it. He he needs better role models. He has Lando. <laughs> Uncle Wanwo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's so fucking true, though. Um, I'm still waiting for my, for my uh, Luke's Jedi Temple book. I mean, it has to be coming. It's coming eventually. Like, somebody's literally writing it right now, I'm sure. And no one can tell us about it because, like, obvious reasons. But I'm just like, give it to me now. (laughs) All right. 
let's we have we have a lot left but it's pretty quick stuff yeah um uh, since i know we're already a little heavy and kristen's gonna start crying (laughs) (laughs) um i just really want to uh kristen is not on this episode obviously because she's in goddamn denmark but she uh was kind slash extra enough to throw her thoughts into the outlines for us to discuss um before that really quick i just want to say this book makes me even more excited for queen's shadow by ek johnson which is coming out very shortly um where we're going to see young padme after she um, it's done being Queen of Naboo, and she starts... Is it when she starts being a senator, or is it before that? Yes. Is there okay. a gap between those? Uh, between her being queen and uh, being the senator? I don't... Well, I don't know, actually. That's a great question that we'll probably find out. Um, I If there is, I think it's a small one. Yeah, okay. because I think it's the next queen who asks her, hey, can you serve? Exactly. Yeah, Okay. Um, either way, um, obviously there's, these are two different authors and we have a lot more, um, material for Leia in the canon than we do for Padme, which is a goddamn shame, but whatever, I guess. Let's just keep silencing Padme, except for this book that's coming out. Um, but I am really excited, uh, for what E.K. Johnson is going to bring to her character. We read Ahsoka, um, several bajillion episodes ago. Like, we know she's- I- I have no doubt- that she's going to do Padme Justice just based on how she wrote Ahsoka and early reviews for early cop- early uh, reviewer copies of the book and what people have been saying about it. But I'm really excited to um, examine Padme's character when she is um, at an age very close to Leia's in this particular book um, because... I mean, we don't we don't know a lot about Padme, which is fucking no, we don't stupid, and <laughs> and you know we 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 talk a lot on this pod, and the Phantom talks a lot, honestly, about how Leia is Anakin's daughter and Luke is Padme's son, but obviously there's a lot of crossover in terms of like characteristics and values that they not inherit because genetics doesn't work like that, but you know they they the the parallels are there because. It's a fictional universe. Um, I'm just, I'm just so excited for it. Like, I, I, I want to know about things, and also, like, I have no doubt that E.K. Johnson is going to give Padme plenty of agency, unlike some men who wrote Padme in the prequel trilogy. And yeah, I'm just really looking forward. Yeah, I am. Um, this book makes me ex- excited about Queen Shadow too, for a slightly different reason. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the pod before, but just traditionally, the concept of young X character as like a book concept is not your fave. It doesn't do a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with it, but it's it not just, your fave. It just doesn't do a lot for me exactly. Right. Like, and so when I actually when I first heard about Prince of Alderaan, and then when I first when there were the first the first rumors about a young Padme book, which I think came out before I read Prince of Alderaan. Um, you're like a Moshi shrug. Yeah, I was kind of just like, cool. People are excited about it. That's awesome. Um, but you were fully intending to read both of these things. Yeah, just like, you know, not as excited as I am about something like Thrawn Treason. I'm, I'm sorry, would you say that it's not for you, but you're excited for the people who are excited about oh it? Oh my god. Don't even. <laughs> don't even. Um, however, that said, after reading this book, I am more excited about Queen Shadow because, like, I love this book so much and it just, like, mm-hmm. tells me like 
it it shows me what I can get out of these stories. Totally. Mm-hmm. And you're not saying this is a knock on YA even either. Like that's not part of the No, not at all. I not, love Lost Stars. I would No, I was saying like that, that like I just want to say that's not part of the issue for yes. you. For those who like to shit on YA books for stupid ass reasons and if you would like to know why you're wrong <laughs> please refer to our second bonus episode with um poppy ashwright of the parapetipod who came on to talk to us a lot about ya and why it's valuable for every age group mm-hmm. yes um no you're absolutely right and to expand on that like it is like i love lost stars as well and to me that is a ya book that just has its own story that just happens to be a ya book as opposed to something that is YA because it is young Leia or young Padme um, or young Jin or young Ahsoka. Like these are, these are the four YA books we've had. Um, and those in the past have not done a lot for me, but I loved Prince of Alderaan so much. And that makes me more excited to see on a personal level, what I will get out of Queen Shadow. Obviously I'm excited for its existence because it's a book that should exist, but from a personal standpoint, I'm excited to read it in terms of why books you forgot to mention most wanted by ray carson which we are going to read soon-ish. yes most wanted so young kira mm-hmm. young, young han and kira mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which again man we'll we'll talk about that when we get to save it save it save it motherfucker um <laughs> i just as a as a very quick aside i was like banging my head on a table because i saw somebody um i don't know if it was on twitter or on goodreads who was complaining about lost stars because they were like let's get this fucking romance angle and it's so fucking juvenile and then somebody was literally responded like do you know what age group this was aimed at specifically like how old these characters are etc etc and this guy got like slam dunked on for being a goddamn idiot and also having a wrong fucking opinion because if you don't think lost stars is a jewel in the current canon you can go fuck yourself and eat my butt. There it is. <laughs> Maybe even at the same time. Damn. Big oh, if true. That's <laughs> it's a feat of engineering. I know. Wouldn't it be? It would be something. Yeah. Anyway, moving right along to Kristen um, screaming. Okay. <laughs> uh, quick Plus, aside. Marie, do you have any thoughts? I'm very excited about Queen's Shadow because unlike Chris, I love young insert character here stories. <laughs> that has like always been my shit. Um... And I, I love Padme. So right. well very excited. Hey, you know what? We can tag you in for that one, especially because Kristen's probably gonna be in goddamn Denmark again because she's always in Denmark. <laughs> Fucking Denmark. I know. Plus like I you know what? We should I mean we'll talk about this at some point, but like we should have Miranda on for the sole fact that like I feel very indifferent about Padme based on the movie canon, which is a fucking shame because I should be in love with this character i know that's and that's kind of how i feel too and i hate that i know like i hate that i feel that way about her because she got done so fucking wrong and i recognize that but i'm still just like okay so i really i need a padme lover to just like be gushing about everything yeah Yeah. so i don't want to say on the pod why i love padme so much but very excited about it how big of a crush did you have on natalie portman so i was like I don't know if you guys know this, but I love Attack of the Clones. That's great. Like, it is my favorite prequel. 
And I think a, that's great. A lot of it stems from the fact that I was like 10 years old, which is maybe about the time people start having crushes. Yeah, yeah also, sounds about right. Also, like, before we continue, I will confess, uh, live and on the pod, that um, Attack of the Clones, because I was like mm, 12-ish at the time, probably, um, and I didn't know what a bad movie was, like, that is legitimately the Star Wars movie that I've seen most times in theaters. Interesting. So, don't feel bad. Continue. Yeah, but, like, Attack of the Clones came out. I was, like, 10. And I remember just, like, going to Blockbuster Video, (laughs) getting the DVD, and just, like, watching it over and over again in the basement of our house. (laughs) Like, because I, you know, I was 10. I, like, couldn't place what a crush was. And I definitely could not place that I was super fucking gay. <laughs> but I had a yes. big old lesbian crush on Padme Amidala. <laughs> and she had such a great wardrobe in that movie. Oh, yeah. Like, how could you not? Yeah, her magical shrinking turtleneck. Listen, her, her I had a crush. I, had a, I probably had a crush on her and Hayden and her wardrobe <laughs> at all at the same time. The so. rat tail, though. The rat tail. Uh, yeah, but he had no shirt on, so I didn't care. <laughs> also, Padme was a no badass in that, in that movie. movie. Yes, she was. What did she say? Padme was a badass. In that yes, movie. he has your shirt off in that movie at some fucking point. I remember this distinctly because I was like, if I could be, I could have been sipping tea as a fucking 12 year old in the theater. <laughs> like, I would have been just like. <laughs> anyway, this has been Gay for Attack the Clones pod. Love it. Uh, love it, love it. <laughs> no, I think I've seen, I've seen that movie. Can that be the title? <laughs> God, I love it. I love it. Um, you yeah, know, I saw that. Uh, the most I've ever seen a Star Wars movie in theaters was three fucking times, and it was Attack of the Clones. Oh, it was only three? Yeah! Okay. I haven't seen... I know there are people who go see, like, Star Wars movies in theaters, like, seven fucking times. I'm one of those weirdos who is obsessed with Star Wars, but also has not seen it in theaters a bunch of times. Yeah. I mean, the only time, the only reason I saw The Force Awakens more than three times was because... They were showing it uh, at the Air and Space Museum, dude. Like several months later, yeah. And you bet your ass, I went to that shit because I got to go watch a space movie while sitting a hundred feet away from shit that had been in space. Yes, and yep. uh, for those who don't know, it's a fucking IMAX theater, which is baller. Yeah, I saw Last Jedi at Air and Space. Oh, that's right, you did. Oh do that. my god. <laughs> oh my god, Chris. Just in one word, describe the Haldo maneuver in IMAX. Oh, Jesus. Don't fucking do that. I'm, I will start crying. <laughs> All right, never mind. Let's move on to Kristen's screaming, which will make you cry for a different reason. Um, yeah, um, there's no way to do this except reading it verbatim, Kate. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so all caps, Kristen's first thing, she has two things she wants to scream about. The first one in all caps is LMAO with three O's. How is Claudia going to reverse engineer a love story? That makes it so Leia doesn't want to go after Han because she literally doesn't like scoundrels and her boyfriend fucking died. Like, what the fuck, Claudia? How? (laughs) To be fair, we don't know that Leia doesn't like scoundrels. It's true. She's outraged that her mother does, but it's not clear whether she does or doesn't. It feels like one of those things where you're like, how could you say something like that? But inside you're like, shit. (laughs) I feel like I feel 
never thought about it before Brea's like, he, 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 bad boys are fun. <laughs> um, but also, like, I don't, I don't know what to say about this point, Geeks makes except for, like, yes. Just fuck me up. <laughs> all the time, Claudia Gray just fuck me up all the time. One of these days, so Claudia Gray has been... Claudia Gray, who is clearly a very gracious human being, has been doing a few podcast interviews with um, some pod friends of ours, including Rebels Rebels, um, which is about Star Wars Rebels, in case you couldn't glean from the title of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but, like, one of these days, I'm going to ask this, this this wonderful lady to uh, be on the podcast, and she's going to listen to an episode and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> But anyway, uh, so Kristen's second thought, if we are all just, like, gonna agree to be in agreement with her screaming all caps about Kier and Han, um, her second point is, yo, the Empire just blew up a whole-ass inhabited planet, and then they did it again. They are so fucking not chill. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Kristen. That's great. I was never under the impression that the Empire was chill. Correct. So like, social media questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first one comes from Diana, who I have to plug is a wonderful Patreon patron of the Tashi Station Network, generally speaking. And uh, for the low, low price of $1 a month, you can have access to our Slack where we talk about honestly weird ass shit and somebody posts lots of pictures of their corgi and it is worth every penny. Um, but she asked in in the Tush Station uh, Slack um, two questions. So the first is, what do you think it might have happened if Panaka lived? And my answer is complete calamity and disaster. Yeah, every, everything would have been fucked. Yeah. I would really like to see his conversation with Palpatine, though. Like his hypothetical? Yeah, totally. Like, totally. <laughs> like him showing up at fucking Coruscant like, so do you remember... <laughs> <laughs> when Senator Amidala from your home planet of Naboo, nice lady, she <laughs> died in childbirth, and so did the baby. So here's the thing. <laughs> Can you imagine if Vader had been in the room? Fuck me. <laughs> I mean, all right, several, several that, got- that might have been the- only time outside of Return of the Jedi when Palpatine was in serious danger. Okay, so several several goddamn things here. So number one, it wouldn't even have been this motherfucking sh- motherfucker showing up at Coruscant. He would have like hollowed that that the hollowed fucking Emperor Wrinkly butt and been like, <laughs> "Listen, I have some tea." And then second of fucks, like. Uh, at this point, Vader, you know, he, we know from the original trilogy because of, like, how he feels about Luke and how he wants to have, as twisted as it is, a relationship with Luke. Like, how bad he wants to, recon- he wants, he would want to connect with any extant children because they're all he has left of Padme. Besides the fact that he, you know, contributed to their existing, etc. Because he, because they fucked. Um... <laughs> Um, is that how that works? Well, Miranda, when a when when a man and a woman love each other very much. Okay, you lost <laughs> me. 
The burbs uh, do it. Yeah. The bees do it. The burbs do it? The burbs do it. The burbs do not do that. <laughs> ah, anyway. Just glossing right over that gay shit. Literally gay shit. <laughs> Um, <sighs> it does make you wonder if Vader had, if he, if supposing he was in the room when Panaka was like, listen, motherfucker, he wants to bring Luke over to the dark side because he's like, my fucking son, right? Like if he had known even earlier and even before, um, Luke and Leia knew who they were before they had any inkling that they were force sensitive, anything, 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 how fast would he have gone and like kidnapped Leia and been like, listen, <laughs> Do you like, think crazy. that he would have tried to, like, latch onto Tarkin? If... In terms of what? Uh, so, obviously in the book, Tarkin tries to, like, low-key get Leia on the Empire side. Sure. And so if Vader, like, found out that he had a fucking daughter living on Alderaan and knew, because I'm sure he is at least to some extent familiar with what Tarkin's doing... In general, like like mm-hmm. at a very high level, do you yeah. think he would have tried to like either manipulate Tarkin or just like tag along to some shit to try to bring? I mean, I know the answer to this. Like he he's not a low key person. <laughs> he's not a low key cyborg. But like, correct. <laughs> no, I could totally see him doing that. I yeah. could absolutely like very very easily i could see him not even being low-key about it he would just be like put the fucking point of the lightsaber to tarkin's neck as much as they like grudgingly respect each other and be like listen bitch yeah i want my child this is my child we're gonna go and if vader hadn't been in the room i think not one day later alderaan is turbo lasered into a fucking asteroid oh yeah like palpatine mm-hmm. would not let that the stand. entirety of alderaan fuck yeah oh yeah I mean, they would have Death Star that shit, but... Oh, hell yes! Like, Tark... Like, not Tark, Oh, actually, no, it wasn't... It wasn't... um, This is pre-Death Star, so there wasn't a Death Star. It wasn't ready yet. But they still had their ways. I mean, orbital bombardment, as we have learned from Rebels, is quite precise, and they could just, like, pew-pew the hell out of the palace and be done with it. Like, they would have sent the entire Imperial fleet. Yeah! Totally. Uh, So, Diana's second question... Uh, which is hysterical to me, is do you think Luke and Leia compare how utterly tragic their love lives are slash make it a contest once they found out they're siblings? I actually think that um, they compare how much they love noodles. Chris is going to go bang his head on a table right now. Uh, Miranda, you may or may not know this reference, but there's just like this... I I haven't even read Heir to the Jedi, which was um, just snuck into the current canon from being legends but there's a noodle moment in there where chris what is it with the noodles again luke fucking levitates and fucking noodles yeah he moves the needle with he moves the noodle with his brain and that's how he uses the force oh my god and there's a moment in bloodline where lay and han order takeout and it's totally noodles i think we just talk about noodles did you just talk about noodles sure <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think they would have had much to make a contest of because luke doesn't have a love life yeah that's that's what i thought like i didn't think that he had well, anything there's... going for him other than the time that leia kissed him 
<laughs> Awkward. I mean, there's there is an heir to the Jedi also, Luke's fridged ass black girlfriend ish. Yes. Person. But that's it, right? Yes. And he has a minor fling in the comics. That's weird to it's me. Like a one kiss fling. He's a useless twink and you can't convince me otherwise. Mm, I'm not trying he to. is a useless twink. <laughs> All right, next question is from Katie, who is a co-host of Thank Fucking God It's Friday Pod, which, what a fucking mood the title of that podcast is. Bless the hell out of you. Um, so Katie hasn't actually read Leia Princess of Alderaan yet, um, but she would like to know how we think it compares to Bloodline as far as its portrayal of Leia, because she's in the middle of reading Bloodline. And we've talked about this quite a bit as we've discussed uh, Princess of Alderaan, but Super consistent, man. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's not as much a comparison as much as a, you know, part one and part two. Totally. Yeah. And I think it helps that it's Claudia Gray uh, writing most of the books. So, like, Mm -hmm. obviously, we've discussed a lot over the last couple of episodes and also previously on the pod about how good she is at really capturing Leia. But spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if you enjoyed Bloodline, I have no doubt that you'll enjoy Princess Walderon. So, like, finish Bloodline and then hop on this book because, yeah, like yeah, I mean, like you Claudia, said, it's 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 parts of a whole, definitely. Yeah, I mean, she is she is the definitive voice of Leia at yeah, this point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I would completely agree with that, and it's not like. I mean, Chuck Wendig and um, Daniel Jose Older have written Leia wonderfully, but it's all, it's all Claudia Gray. Yeah. Yeah. No contest. Claudia Gray, like, gets more into Leia's head than I think either of those guys do. Like, even if it's only because she has written Leia-specific books. Yes. Whereas uh, DJO and Chuck Wendig, like... They, they did a very good job, like you said, of portraying her, but the books weren't specifically about her. Mm-hmm. And I think Claudia Gray's had, you know, just more opportunity to do it, or mm-hmm. she's certainly done it more extensively. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So our next question is from at Space Jess with four S's. <laughs> Uh, wonderful, lovely, um, friend of the pod, um, and co-host of, uh, Project Tahiti, uh, which is a podcast about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you're into that. Um, she asks, um, how much more do you love Bray and Bale now and are devastated that they're gone? Uh, extremely! I'm heartbroken! I, Chris, you mentioned Eclipse, um, Mm -hmm. by Madeline Rue, which is in From a Certain Point of View, which is, um, Bale and Brea immediately before Alderaan gets fucking obliterated and mm. I was upset enough at that and now I'm even more fucking upset like they're such great parents they have such a wonderful marriage like they're not perfect but also they're perfect so guess I'll take another five minute break to scream into a fucking bag cause Jesus yeah I really hope we get some of them in the Cassian Andor show oh god please and that would be so lovely to have more space Latinx people besides Diego Luna himself. Yeah, I mean, that show just has so much potential for tie-ins. I mean, I I just finished catching up with Better Call Saul, and by catching up, I mean I'm still a season behind. But um, (laughs) 
for those who aren't familiar, it is essentially a prequel focused on one of the characters of Breaking Bad, but they tie it in such that all of your favorite Breaking Bad characters make appearances, like, before they all, like, meet each other and it turns into Breaking Bad, and, like, they could absolutely do something like that with Cassie and Andor. Oh, God, there's so much crossover, so yeah. much, so many characters that could pop up. Totally. So I would yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jess, fuck you, is how I feel about <laughs> that question. <laughs> Damn! I did not need to feel those feelings tonight, even though... I have already done that for two hours, but that's fucking rude. (laughs) Speaking of fucking rude, our last question is from Spark, who is also um, a person who is in our uh, Tasha Station Patreon Slack because he is very generous and is monetarily supporting the network because he has the means and the will. I prefer to refer to him as Spafork. Yeah, Spark the A is a four. Chris, you're a fucking dickhole. Spork. Can you shut Stand up? Stand by it. Please. I am begging it's you. It's like Spork with an F. Fucking. <laughs> Chris, can you leave? Chris is shaking his head, which is very evident on an audio medium. Uh, <laughs> Spark asks us, what are all of your thoughts about the last line. My thoughts about the last line are, fuck you, Claudia Gray, except not fuck you at all because I love you very much. Please don't hate me. Yeah, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> I know. Fuck you in a nice way. Yeah, fuck you in a nice, like she knew exactly what she was doing. Like, fuck you in a nice way. Absolutely. It is, it is, de- it, that last line, it, the, like, the, fir- the that last thought Leia has, devastating, absolutely heartbreaking, and just like you can, just like feel that like 16 year old optimism in her and you think about where she is by the time of the force awakens and the last jedi and it is just it destroys you and some motherfucker on goodreads fucking posted those last few sentences as the first sentence of their review and i just so you know you're a bad person and you should feel bad Anyway, Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah, we're let's let's everybody just pick their favorite off this list. Yeah, because they're a bunch. Okay, so I only put one. Yeah, even dude. though I recognize several others, but you guys started filling out the outline before I did. It's me. Uh, <laughs> I was very excited because I recognize Karsh Panaka as the fucker from the prequels. Ha ha! The, yep. the security guy turned moff. Yes. Correct. Also, um. There was another one that I wanted to steal from one of you. <laughs> oh, the Brea wanting Leia to date a scoundrel. I, oh, so good. I started, like, cracking up. It was so funny. I was dead. It's was so good. dead as fuck. Um, my favorite was the MOA making an appearance. Oh. Uh, previ- uh, readers who led read Lost Stars with us might remember the MOA as the ship uh, piloted by... Uh, I cannot remember the, the captain's name, but a very uh, senior female Wookiee who is basically Wookiee it's, mom. It's like Logri, to Thane. Logani, something with an L. Logara. 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 So, I'm so sorry. I mean, I couldn't remember it at all. That so was teamwork. Um, <laughs> Wait, when was this in this book? This was, uh, so. Did I miss this? Leia takes. She Leia's... takes the Moa. She and Holdo take the Moa to Oh, Marth. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She'd like to have to hire a ship. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a wonderful one. 
Um, so I I have a lot of Easter eggs, but I'm gonna list off a few of my favorites. Um, Leia at one point says that she uh hated bath time when she was a wee babe, and she just like ran around the pal the fucking Alderanian palace naked, which obviously recalls for those of you who read Last Shot, fucking baby Ben Solo running out of bath time with his poor fucking droid nanny chasing after him, being like, Uncle Wayne, whoa! <laughs> and he's like butt-ass naked and wants to see Lando. Lando's like, okay. <laughs> um, also seen in uh, Leia, Prince of Alderaan is, um, Jesus, I can't remember what the fuck his name is, but it's that motherfucker who is like the Baron or whatever the hell ruler of the planet Beeren, which uh, Leia inherits in Bloodline because he fucking kicked the bucket because he's so goddamn old and she gives it to Lady Carice because she's like, I don't want to fucking deal with this and I also want you to go the hell away. <laughs> and to add on to that one, you'll note that at the end of Prince of Alderaan, Leia gives Bale her keepsake chest. She gives, yes, which he, if you have read Bloodline, he records that message telling Leia who her real dad is, which Carice finds. Um, also in the keepsake chest is Kier, a lock of Kier's hair, which is mentioned in Bloodline, which I actually didn't find. I found it on Wiki- Wikipedia, so kudos to whoever the fuck it was who first noticed that. Um, we make a lot of fun of uh, the acting in the prequels, including uh, when Padme is the queen of Naboo, and her monotone is fucking legendary. Uh, Claudia Gray, bless her heart, gives us a reason for why she's she's just like speaking mad dead with her mouth closed. Uh, which I love very much. <laughs> um, we've got Leia swinging across a chasm as she does in A New Hope with Luke, except, you know, when it's with Luke, it ends up a bit better than it does with Kier. Um, Leia calls Kier a hotshot, which is a reference, I believe, to a deleted scene from The Empire Strikes Back. Um, the scene where she's arguing with Han in the uh, tunnels of the, ba- of the rubble base on Hoth. Um, at some point, she, like, insults him, like, in some manner, which I can't quite recall ex- the exact wording of, but she calls him a hotshot, so that made me giggle. Um, and then, uh, what the fuck is the guy's name from Trangdrilla, who's, uh, Mamoth's cool senator? Win- like, it's like- Uh, Win Me- Win Me- Lens? Yes. So at some what point, he's- Yes. That motherfucker. So at some point, he's talking to an Imperial um, person who is dressed in white and has a cape. And he's talking about sending them Quadranium. And he addresses this Imperial as director. And I really want to know if it's Krennic. Because that would be delightful. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're probably right. Right? Um, And then the last one that I really want to mention is as... Leia is looking for a ship to hire to take her to Pocris Minor? Major? I think Minor. Okay, whatever. Um, as she's trying to uh, get to the Rebel fleet to warn them. Um, before she hires the MOA, she very, very narrowly misses meeting Han because uh, there's this like one fucking phrase where uh, Claudia Gray mentions that Leia sees a really fucked up piece of shit Corellian YT freighter that she was thinking of hiring and then it takes off and I laughed so hard. <laughs> it made me happy. Anyway, that's all I got. 
rather I have more, but like it's fine. <laughs> you got you got most of them. I really, yeah, I really you did. did. All right. Well, with that, I think we can wrap it up. Thank you for listening to at least this episode. If Kristen doesn't make us uh, switch it to two episodes, she probably is. She's, she's probably gonna make us split into two she's episodes. She's gonna fucking shit a brick when she sees how long. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Hi, Kristen. Um, but thank you for listening to episode seventy-nine and or eighty of the Book Wars Pod. Next episode, we are starting Aftermath Empire's End by Chuck Wendig. Um, does anybody have the episode guide open? Nobody has the chapter numbers because I left it as three fucking question marks and then nobody filled it in. Yeah, but I can I can take a couple minutes and a couple seconds. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to um, read chapters question mark, question mark, question mark. Through question mark, question mark, question mark. Question mark. <laughs> so we are reading. Hang on, I got it. We are reading Empire's End by Chuck Wendig, the start of the book through chapter 10. Cool. Yeah. Right. So that's the first quarter of the book. Uh, we hope you'll read along with us. Um, I, there's a lot to say about this book. And I think for, I've read it. For those who have not read it, there's a lot of answers there and, and more questions. Oh, shit. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at BookWarsPod, BookWarsPod at gmail.com, and rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Uh, when you leave a review, you're entered to win all sorts of cool prizes, up to and including books. Uh, we're probably getting toward another giveaway before Star Wars Celebration comes along, so yeah. now's a good time. If you haven't left us a review, jump on that. Uh, and if you have the means and are so inclined, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon. Uh, and give us coffee at ko-fi slash bookwarspod. It really helps us cover our hosting and production costs and helps us uh, pay ourselves back the rest of the money for our super sweet pins that we're going to be giving out at Star Wars Celebration Chicago that we're really excited about. They're so, super shiny and cool, and if you haven't seen them yet, please check out our Instagram. Yes, check out our Instagram. Social Intent was kind enough to post a picture because we sent her one because she gave us money because she's a good person. Exactly. Celestial Intent got an early uh, pin for being a generous listener. Uh, anytime you give coffee, even of just 3 to $5, I will post an extra picture of pork chop. So <laughs> that's incentive for you. Uh, anyway, our theme song is Whizbang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. For Kate and Miranda, I'm Chris. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Book Horse Pod, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>